Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this fifth day of April. You know, I just found out today. I don't know why. I guess because everything's going on with the NFL, and, I, and I'm, you know, uh, keeping up with this Lamar Jackson situation, Aaron Rodgers situation, uh, they, the national championship, but they, the Masters will be starting tomorrow so uh that's something interesting to keep an eye on i mean we got a busy weekend ahead it's easter weekend uh it's the last weekend of the regular season in the nba hello joseph uh dixon uh good to see i don't know who that is but uh anyways i got keith engel coming in 30 minutes past the hour we're gonna ask him a little bit about uh, the, the Connecticut basketball situation, also this crazy uh, uh, New England Patriots situation with Mac Jones being shopped here and all that good stuff. But first, uh, go ahead and get the uh, one and only break out of the way. I'll be back in 49 seconds. Going to talk about uh, uh, 20 through 25, do a little mock drafting. Uh, did not going to do the whole full 10. I'll, I'll finish that up tomorrow since I got Keith coming in 30 minutes past the hour. But I'll be back here in just a few uh, seconds here on Sports Scope. Hello, Sports Scope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports. That is sports with an S, another S scope, S K O P E at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. You know, I, I mentioned this a few days ago, and I'll say this. The NBA culture is, is, is turning more and more into individual accomplishments rather than uh, a culture about winning. And for example, let me play this today. Uh, last night, good win for Philadelphia. Joel LMB, great game there. Okay, good deal. You won. You won the game. That that's good. But listen to Doc Rivers after after the fact. It was the race is over. Like tonight, we couldn't make shots. The man just scored half our points in the NBA game. Um, and I'm biased, but the MVP race is over. So, you know, last week I talked about Joe LMB talking about the MVP and everything, and yeah, the regular season and team accomplishments are one thing. Then he, he talks about it, and I understand the media has a job to do. We got to talk about it. Shows like mine, it's good to talk about it. But now you've got the coach talking about that, Instead of saying, uh, well, yeah, he scored all the points. Maybe we should get other people involved and, and, and continue building this thing up for uh, to, to get better position in, in the playoffs 
or if we're stuck at the three C, which they currently are in the East here, uh, we, we got to work to get this chemistry better and whatever uh, personal accomplishments come out of that. So be it. You know, I, on top of that, you have LeBron James, uh, Teams doing uh, goat calls like an actual goat in the background while he's interviewing uh, with the reporter after a comeback win in overtime. Well, they blew a league, then they came back and won in overtime against Utah, a team that traded away their two best players uh, in the offseason and was supposed to be a lottery team. But Danny Ainge has got this team pretty competitive. He, he's now in charge of their player personnel over there in Utah. They've got a thousand draft picks. So this this hero fanboy worship idol worship, rather than Herm Edwards from a different sport, but you know you got to play Herm Edwards and, and let people know, teams know. That this is what this is what you're actually in to do to win the game. This is what you're supposed to do. About sports, this is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. Can you imagine him talking about the amount of yards Curtis Martin had? And, you know, uh, you know, we lost the game. But, you know, Curtis Martin had – I'm just using Curtis for example. He had 187 yards. He's very close to that Russian title. Uh, we want to get that. No, he's like, no, you play the win the freaking game, man. You know, you play the win the game. You don't, that, that, who who talks about accolades now? You know, this is just, and, and on top of all that, Joel L.M.B., uh, for one thing, they are, uh, like I said, they're third in the, uh, standings in the East. They're not even first in the West if they've been... Okay, so the third in the standings in the East. They're not even first place. And I'm looking at Embiid's uh, stats here. So, yeah, he, he's having a well of a season. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Giannis, the Milwaukee Bucks star, uh, and Tenacupo... They have the best record in the whole National Basketball Association, not just the East. They got a better record in Denver in the West. They got 57 wins, okay? We've got three games to go. Embiid has played two more games. Note this in your head, okay? Giannis, 31.1 points a game, 11.8 rebounds, and he's at, he's got one more rebound average, and he's got one more assist average, and they're five games better. Okay, you played that they're winning the game. They have the best record in the game. Okay, 
If you want to say MVP and start leaning into Joel Embiid, I've never seen something where there's more talk about the MVP race with the 76ers and and, and this MVP race rather than, hey, Doc, how about you get a better position? How about you start winning more than one playoff series and put that ring on your hand? Then we'll talk about the MVP, you know. Then we'll talk about the – how about you get to the finals, get that finals MVP. Then we'll talk about – can you just imagine – yeah, it's just not a winning culture. Yeah, I just couldn't believe that those players were doing that. It was just so man crush with the whole LeBron thing and just – uh, fanboys, you hear that term fanboys a lot, uh, saying he's the greatest of all time. Uh, that's what the fans do. The fans holler MVP, MVP. You know, uh, towards the end of the season with, with the Kobe taking a free throw shot or uh, a Shaq or Jordan, uh, somebody of that nature, uh, the, the, the fans holler an MVP, MVP. Yeah, that's one thing. It's another thing for the coach to vouch for it. You know, as as if it's more important than than winning, than and but that that's the NBA culture over the NFL culture, you know. And I'm gonna have Keith Engel on at, at around seven thirty, and I'm gonna bring up the fact that when you've got uh, um, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and I talked about this yesterday with with the reporter asking him. Uh, what uh, what do you think about you know Bill Belichick getting the all time record over Don Shula thirty games short? He's like, well, we're worried about playoffs next year. You know, I'm not worried about him getting that. That's a nice accolade to have to be the all time regular season wins, yeah. But that's a personal accolade. He's like, no, we're, we're here to get in the playoffs and win the games. You know. Uh, it's uh, but that that's and that's why I, I keep telling people that's why you got to have shows like mine push back our media such suck ups to these players these organizations and and, and to to not call them out for this you know but uh, once the season's over with you know if I'm the owner of the seventy six hey Joel so hey man you got your MVP now. All right, you want to go home now since we're ready to play the playoffs, what this is all about anyways? Because that's all you seem to be talking about. And maybe the and you can't let the media bait you into it. You got to be a pro about it. And, of course, winning does cure all this. It cures everything, just about, you know. Uh, not less it, it has to be really, really over the top for winning not to uh to, to cure all okay all righty then let's see let's see where to go next all right well I'll tell you what I'll go ahead and go into this NFL mock uh I stopped last last night I stopped at 20. now I'm only gonna do five because once I get to talking, I know that Keith will be on here before I know it, and then then we'll get into uh, some other topics here. I was going to ask him about uh, Dan Hurley from Connecticut 
and Dan Hurley, the, the coach here. Is he the next superstar coach? I've noticed Connecticut has uh, – they practically dominated every game in the national championship game, you know, and uh, it's set for a half. Remember that? I think they were down to Iona. Is he the next superstar coach with guys like Jay Wright, Roy Williams, Coach K, that's uh, lacking those superstar? It is is the brother Bobby Hurley, the famous point guard that played for Duke. Remember, he got hurt. He would have been a great pro. He got a pretty bad injury, and his, his their, their dad's a, a pretty uh, famous, uh, I think it's high school coach. Uh, I'll ask him about that. Anyways, okay, so let, let's go to the mock draft, folks. Uh, so we stopped at 20, and the L.A. Chargers, and I just wrote these notes. They don't have any glaring needs personnel-wise, in my opinion. Uh, their glaring need was coaching, and they they made some changes on coaching. They got a new offensive quarter. Remember, they got Keelan Moore over from the Cowboys. Now, Cowboys, well, I think it was second in offense last year. My problem with the Cowboys, they got two pass happy. They got two pass happy, and 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 uh, Dak, uh, Dak went over his normal 28, 28 attempts, which led to them losing games. Uh, but I, I digress. So you know, anyway. So I've been looking at some of their somewhat needs. I will say this: they're a team. They they readjusted their two uh, their two wide receivers here, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They're pro- they're going to bring another receiver in because they're probably going to have to move off these guys next year. They're going to be big cap hits. Uh, they're going to be big cap hits, and eventually Herbert's money is going to come due. They're going to re-sign Herbert. He's playing great, you know. So I do think that they're probably going to take a receiver here, and this is one of the better receivers on the ball. Some had this guy as a top receiver, Others didn't, but but Quentin Johnson out of TCU, he can do what Mike Williams does. He's got that long frame. He can go downfield. Uh, he's going to be – man, I'll tell you, this guy's going to get this dude right here, man. The Chargers at 21 here. Um, he, he, they're, they're, they're going to get uh, – he's going to get some favorable coverage. If they do that, if they make this move, I'll tell you, uh, he, he could be a rookie of the year type of candidate. Uh, Quentin Johnson, wide receiver, TCU. Can you imagine? Now, that being said, that being said, if they do that, there is a possibility. Nobody else is talking about this. Even though uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have restructured Restructure does not necessarily mean take a pay cut or do a new new contract. That does not mean that. Restructure means pushing some dead money back. Can we give you less this year? We know we owe you X amount of guaranteed money. We'll just have to pay you next year or the year after that. Either way, we got to pay you. We got to pay you. It's just how it's going to affect our salary cap this year, per se. So there is a possibility their cap hits are both under $14 million. That's pretty good for this year. That's pretty bleeping good for um for a wide receiver nowadays. I mean, you got you got guys like Tyreek Hill making almost $30 million, right? That, that's quarterback money, right? So there's a possibility that Mike Williams or Keenan Allen's 30. He has been hurt. Very good route runner. Very good. Little bit, little bit, uh, little bit older. 
uh, could be Keenan Allen, could be dealt at the draft. So keep that in mind. There's a possibility, and maybe a team like New England goes after a Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. Now, Mike Williams is 28. He's a little younger. Uh, so one, one of them could be dealt. But either way, I, I, I really do think that they're going to take uh, Quentin Johnson, TCU. They could go tight in here. Could go tight in here as well. Uh, this is a very good tight end draft, a tight end from uh, Utah. I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes. And uh, there's another one out of Notre Dame as well. Okay. All righty then. Number 22, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, last I checked with the Ravens, uh, I, I listened to their uh, reporter, Jamison Hensley from ESPN, that covers the team. He's saying that they're probably going to have to make a move at some point at quarterback for insurance. Uh, he didn't say they're going to do it in the first round, but he, he's like, man, this thing could get drawn out with Lamar Jackson. Uh, there's a lot of questions about that. Uh, Lamar Jackson could potentially uh, sit out the season. I think that would be nuts for Lamar to do that, uh, especially since it, your, your game is going to deteriorate like nobody's business. And there's fines involved in that. Uh, he could come in really out of shape. I just don't think he – I wouldn't do that. There's no way I, I would do that. But either way, they've also let um, – there's been talk about them taking a receiver at this pick at 22. Ravens are very smart. Uh, the Ravens will, my opinion, I, I do think that the Ravens will uh, – draft right that they're going to fit specifically for need that that fits their uh that fits what they do uh that fits their system uh, by the way marcus peters uh you know there's blow-ups on the sidelines and there's blow up i mean what he did with john harbaugh after the miami game was way over the top uh way over the top and now he's a free agent uh the cornerback there very good player uh, somebody may pick him up at some point. Marcus Peters kind of bounced around the league. So they're missing a cornerback here. And so I do think that they will take a corner. This Emmanuel Forbes uh, out of Mississippi State, very Baltimore-like pick. He's the next best available corner. Remember I said at the very beginning that this is a this is the deepest position of all the positions, every time I every, every article I read that, that talks about this is uh, cornerback is is the deepest position in this draft. So I got the Ravens taking a cornerback to play uh, to fill in for Marcus Peters. I know they need receiver, but they they've got Rashawn Bateman, they've got Andrews, who's considered a receiver, and by the way, a favorite uh, TD touchdown favorite, Devin Dumer He's a favorite of Lamar Jackson if they do get Lamar back. So that is at 23. Okay, now I'm up at 24. Now 24, Jacksonville, uh, another team. They just don't have a lot of glaring needs right now from the lack of moves that Tennessee's doing, the rebuilding of Houston, and the rebuilding, obviously, of, of, of Indianapolis. They're both doing the quarterback thing, going young there very likely, uh, they don't have a lot of glaring holes. They're the favorite, Jacksonville, uh, and should be the favorite to win the AFC South. So 
Uh, they did lose a guy, uh, one of their edge rushers, this guy named Arden Key, like key into a door to open the door up. So uh, I actually agree with Mel Kuyper uh, actually on this. Uh, I was looking at this guy. They've got a guy named from Iowa State named Will C. Will Donald. Willie C. Donald, edge rusher from Iowa State. Now, of course, they, they, they've got they've got edge rushers there. He's going to be a fill-in guy. Uh, they could go tight end as well. They could go tight end as well. They could go inner offensive line. Uh, Carlos says there are many coaches. Uh, there are many coaches that can move away from Shanahan to get to Lamar built around. Okay, and then, and then also Carlos said the Jaguars need a tight end. Uh, they they very well may take the tight end out. Uh, remember they 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 signed Evan Ingram on a franchise. They franchised him. So I don't know if they'll go with another tight end or not. They've got Calvin Ridley. They've added him at the re receiving uh, uh, position there. That was in a trade last year. The, uh, remember, Ridley got in trouble for gambling. He was suspended for a season. So now you've got Calvin Ridley. You've got Christian Kirk. Uh, he, who's the other guy? Zay. Uh, I forgot his name now. Zay Flowers or whatever, uh, Zay Jones or whatever. Either way, he was the guy that caught all their um, caught all their touchdowns. Uh, Pickles or uh, Carlos says he's not a true tight end. There, there is a possibility they can add to the offense, but I do think that uh, I do think they will add to that pass rush. They they've really added a lot of pieces on their offense the last couple of years. It's kind of time to go to the other side. Uh, they could add cornerback as well, but hey, cornerbacks always look good when you got a really good pass rush. Okay, keep that in mind. I know they did take a number one pick overall last year at the edge rusher here, the guy from Georgia. They move around all over the place. I forgot his name. Then, of course, you've got uh, the other Josh Allen from Kentucky at that other pass rush. They're going to rotate guys, bring them in. Uh, they're they're going to be picked to go to uh, um, to go a little farther next year. That some were saying that po uh, possibly that Jacksonville could maybe go to the AFC Championship game next year. I would not be surprised. Uh, they're really good at running back. Obviously, Lawrence was getting better down the stretch. Great comeback they had against the. Uh, uh, against the Chargers there at home. And I don't see why they're not going to win the division this year because Tennessee hasn't done enough right now. Uh, I, that's not that's my opinion on the 5th of April. Let's see what happens after the draft and, of course, into the preseason and everything. Then I'll make my final picks for the divisions. But that that's a long ways away, folks. we still got uh, almost six months there. Uh, but anyways, they take this edge rusher out of Iowa State. Okay. Now the Giants, uh, the Giants do have a huge need. Now you talk about need at wide receiver. Now they, they let Kenny Galladay go. By the way, Carlos says anybody picked up Kenny Galladay. Uh, he was a really bad, bad free agent pickup there. Uh, had some good seasons with uh, Detroit leading up to that. I mean, I I thought he was a decent pickup at the at the time for the Giants. 
But, you know, Galladay just didn't work out. You know, it's one of those deals where you get off on a wrong foot with the team and it just stays south. And it stays south. And then he, he just got totally just last year. I didn't even know he's on the roster at, at some points in the game. I don't think he even caught a coat. Remember, they were using this Hodges guy last year more. And I know this guy, they got people like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, very low-end wide receivers there. So I do think and, and Bellinger is not not an all-world guy by no means, Daniel Bellinger at tight end. He, uh, remember, their, their really talented guy was Ingram, and he's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think that the first tight end off the board will go to Utah. Are from Utah, this tight end, Dalton. Uh, the first tight end off the board at 25 will go to the New York Giants, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Dalton Kincaid. Now, he's they also need help at center and corner, they can get that in the later uh rounds here. Uh, it's between him. And the tight end out of Notre Dame, I do expect him to go tight end. When, when you're dealing with the guy that can run like he can, uh, like like a Daniel Jones, think if he, he does some type of read option and he's got a big target right across the middle of the field, that would look really good. Now, he's a pretty mobile athletic guy, Daniel Jones. Think about putting him with a, with a really talented – uh, Carlos said he's more of a receiver. Mark Andrews level tight end. Both of those guys, I've seen some film on him. And, of course, uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame, Michael something. Both of them are highly regarded. Uh, before the draft, uh, this is the best tight end, high-end talent-wise, that it's been in like 10 years from what I've, I've read. I, re I told you all that uh, a few a few uh, weeks ago that uh, I was reading. Uh, and actually, I heard that uh, specifically off NFL Network. Excuse me. It's like a month ago I originally heard it. Maybe a little farther back. Uh, actually, the, the, the combine. The combine, they were saying that this is a very talented tight end. The, the, the most depth is, is cornerback. But it, it's the best tight end draft in 10 years. And Dallas, I'm going to talk about Dallas tomorrow. So Dallas would be in line. Remember, Dalton Schultz is still out there, Carlos. Dalton Schultz, maybe maybe he goes to, as another tight end, uh, he goes to Jacksonville. So apparently uh, uh, he's not as highly regarded as I thought he was. Actually, I think he did sign with somebody, actually. Take that back. Check that. I actually think Dalton Schultz. Um, did sign with somebody. I'm going to make sure that, uh, yeah, Houston. That's right. He did sign with Houston, uh, second that. But either way, it, it's a very highly regarded uh, tight end draft. So I do think that, uh, that, that, that the Giants will take uh, this, this Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid uh, out of Utah. And we'll talk about the rest of the draft. Tomorrow we'll finish that up because I've got Keith Engel from TGI Sports back here. Hey, Keith, how's it going, man? Good evening, Robert Butler. How good are you? 
Good morning, Vietnam, huh? <laughs> you remember, did you ever watch that movie with Robin Williams? Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we had a great national uh, – I wouldn't say it, a great national championship game. I mean, uh, other than one half, I, mean, I think I think UConn kind of run roughshod on everybody. Uh, what? What's your thoughts on – is Dan Hurley with guys like um, – Oh, geez. Jay Wright, Roy Williams, Coach Cavery. Is he the next big superstar head coach in the college basketball rim? Well, he's got a ways to go to get into that conversation probably, but he's one of the best coaches in the game today. He's done a great job. You know, he was – this is a kid who – he played basketball at Seton Hall I, uh, under P.J. Carlissimo, had a, you know, a decent career, not like his brother yeah. uh, Bobby had at Duke or anything, but – he had a decent college career. He was content. He was coaching uh, high school basketball at St. Benedict's, and he thought he'd be a he thought he was going to be a lifer like his dad, who coached for decades at St. Anthony's in Jersey City. Um, yeah. And he got offered the Wagner job. And he this uh, Wagner's a place nobody wins. Nobody. He yeah. went twenty five and six his last season there. Woo! Went to Rhode Island. Got that team, another team that's not exactly a basketball power. Gets them into the to the to the uh, tournament two back two years back to back, and then Connecticut, who is not yeah you know rolling at that time, uh, they hire him to be the head coach there, and 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 he struggled for a couple of years there as they were trying to find their way. You know they were still playing in the American Athletic Conference. They hadn't found their way back to the Big East yet because. Because the school tried to destroy the basketball program by make, trying to make it a football school. Oh, wow. But he did a great job. He's gotten to the NCAA championship the last couple of years and obviously won this year. Now, I will I will say this. They played great basketball. But don't yeah. take anything away from San Diego State. They near they made a game of this. with the, This turned into a rout at the end. But with with six or seven minutes left, they got this game down to like five points. Yeah, and UConn just—they ran out of gas. They didn't have anything left. But you know, they were a very game. You got to give some credit to San Diego State for the run they had. But Connecticut, one of the most dominant runs we've seen in a while through the tournament. I think thirteen is the least they won by in any any game. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm telling you, man. Uh, now, them being a four seed, I also read that this was yesterday. It was the least viewed title game, the national championship game between uh, these two, 14.7 million, the lowest on record for a men's title game. The last three games rank among the the four least watched. Well, I just lost him. He'll come back on now. I know I was, I was losing him. I was losing his signal, but uh, I'm sure he'll come back on. So, I just lost Keith. Keith will be back in a minute, folks. But you know something? I'm just here. He is. About here you go. Sorry about that, Robert. That's I all right. This- I could see you. Hey, we've got a lot of storms down here. This that may be it. I don't know. We were. I was talking, and both of us were frozen on the screen. So <laughs> I didn't know what happened, and I was. And then I think I had. I think I had two stream. I think I left my other stream yard open with the camera on, which sometimes. Oh, okay. So, but no, hey, I was just mentioning it. It, it was the least viewed title game. That yeah. The ratings were way down to 14.7 million. Uh, do, do you think this is going to be a thing now with 
you know, there's this overtime elite that's getting some of the high school players, a semi-pro league, mm-hmm. or do you think this is just just the kind of a phase that college basketball is going through because they're dealing with something else, not just the one and done now. This is another hurdle for college basketball to get over to, to, to regather its audience. Yeah, they've had a lot of hurdles to get over, and I, I don't know if yeah. it's an aberration. I think if you look at – and I'd like to see the numbers throughout the tournament, which aren't, yeah. haven't been released yet. I think the numbers overall will be good because here's what's interesting about the, uh, the NCAA tournament. People love the underdogs and Cinderella stories, right? And they watch them like crazy yeah. until they get to the later parts of the tournament. Then they yeah. want to see the Dukes and they want to see the Kentuckys and the Yukons. And I've heard that years ago. And, and I find myself, Keith, subconsciously, I don't want to watch Florida Atlantic in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Nothing I, against Florida Atlantic. I don't even want to watch them in the Sweet 16, man. If my, if my bracket's blown up like it was this year, then I, I'm rooting for underdogs right and left just because I want <laughs> I think they're great stories. So you right? do like to watch these no-name teams. I, I do, but here's the thing. You know, what drives TV audiences, whether we're talking about yeah. NCAA championship games, World Series, Super Bowls, the casual fan is who they want to get. Yeah. Right? And the casual fan is like, I don't know anybody on the San Diego State team. And by right. the way, what you talked about with one and duns and yeah. things like that is, have also hurt the game because nobody knows who's on these teams. You can't follow them for three or four years at a time like you could and know the players because yeah. they're 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 here and gone in a second so all those yeah. things have hurt the game and and uh can they write the ship <laughs> you know maybe one good thing about the nil is it'll keep some of these kids in school longer that's I what know. i was about to bring up well, yeah. do you think something like this can because it's better marketing to stay in college man you know, and you get all that coverage there yeah. from ESPN and, and CBS and Turner Sports. Yeah, unless you're one of the best players in the country, you're better off staying. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the NIL, to be clear. But right, right. this is one place where it might help the game a little bit because you'll get to know some of these guys and they will stick around. There's definitely guys who are going to make more money staying in college yeah. and they will go into the pros in both football and basketball. So. You know, I yeah, know. and that would that would be interesting if they can figure that out. It, it's it's hurting the game, and the NBA is just not helping. They 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 were going to take it to zero and done. Then they said, "No, I want to stay in one and done." I'm like, "Just make it two and done at least." No, they, I, I don't know what to do. You don't make these or three and done. There's no point in making these kids go to school for one year. If you're going to do that, you might as well just go back to letting them come out of co- uh, high school. Right, and that, that right. Didn't go well, I know there was a lot of bad cases, but. It's a different time, and to, for to have them, it's a farce to have them go to, for one year. It's just ridiculous. It really is, man. It really is. And I understand people want to get paid and all that, but, geez, man, it's, it, it, what about the development of the game? What about the, 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 the development of, of young players coming into the NBA and being able to contribute right away rather than waiting three or four years for them to develop, and then you got to pay them a ton of money, and then you may yeah. lose them. Then the NBA's turned into a developmental league, even though they say they're not. You know, no, they definitely are. I mean, right? I don't know. You know, college sports is can be is can be kind of a cesspool at times. I mean, it's still a sport I love to watch, both college and 
football, but you know, it's hard. You got to really hold your nose sometimes to, to, really, you know, to get past some of this stuff. So it's funky, man. Okay. Caitlin Clark. Real, that, real this quick. is the opposite. Let yeah. me back real quick before we end up the, with the men, UConn, yeah, yeah. by the way, that's their fifth national championship since 1999. They are now in my mind and a lot of people's minds. I think they're one of the blue blood programs. We think of blue bloods. Yeah. There's five Kentucky, Indiana, North Carolina, UCLA, and, uh, Kentucky, uh, Kansas. Kentucky. Did you say Kansas? No. Well, Kansas should be in there, yes. But, it's but usually, Kansas don't have that many championships, do they? No, they don't have that many championships. They're they're up there, but you know, the, you could say there's six. I suppose you want to, if you want to consider them. But this is all of those schools, whether you yeah. include Kansas or not. You know, they may have some of them may have more, like UCLA has you know got a huge number. But it was much easier to win national championships when you only had to win you know, two games to get to the final four when they were playing. And this, they did it. All these teams did it over a period of decades. UConn's won all their championships since 1999. Yeah. See, I've always thought of them as a blue blood. Now other people are just saying, I know Colin Coward said he considers them a blue blood now. And I'm thinking because growing up in the nineties, I mean, their women's program was dominant. Their men's program, Jim Calhoun, Yeah, one of the greatest, uh, better coaches of all time. Oh, I've yeah. always thought, but you've not really. You're saying that now that they got five championships, they're North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, blue blood level. I I would yes, I put yeah. them there myself, especially since they've done it in a relatively short period of time. Right, all yeah. of those schools were winning championships, you know, over multiple decades. You know, right. They, uh, uh, Kentucky's only won one, I think, in the last twenty years. That's the other thing. It, UCLA has only won one in the last 30 years, I think. They, two, two yeah. in I think they years. won in the 90s once. They won in 1995, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, again, that's, you know, that's 28 years ago. Right, right. John, well, that was a long time ago, John Wooden. That was uh, 1995, I think, was uh, Jim Herrick, I think, was the coach. Oh, okay, but I'm thinking about – well, yeah, they we- did go to the Final Four. You know, they probably should have won that year with Kevin Love and – uh, Westbrook, they had a well of a team that year. They had a couple of they. I think they went to back to back Final Fours. Okay, and didn't didn't With that group? Huh? I'm trying to remember who the coach was. He came from Pittsburgh. I can't remember his name now. That was a good recruiter. Yeah, I remember him. Why his name's right on the tip of my tongue too? But they had some great teams, as you said, Westbrook and Kevin Love, and they just couldn't get over the top. Their offense, they they were a great defensive team. Yeah. Westbrook wasn't the offensive player that he is. You know, became in the NBA. But that was a great defensive team, and they just couldn't get the ball in the basket enough. So, yeah, I remember Kevin Love though; he was cleaning the boards, man. Ben Holland, he, Ben Holland was a coach at Ben Holland. Yeah, ben Holland. yeah. I guess he kind of fell flat later on, and they moved up. Probably got in trouble. Yeah, they do. So you're it's it's too early to call Hurley because they the reason why I read going back to that other mm-hmm. about Hurley. Uh, they've got the number four recruiting class coming in next year, according to uh, uh, yeah. one of the uh, 24-7. Yeah, just, you know, I'm not saying he's got to win five national championships to be in that conversation, but, you yeah. know, let's remember he's only got a star, though. Maybe he's only been there five years. He's been there five years. And he's got 100 wins, 104 wins, I think, at Connecticut. He's only got 250 for his career. And he has, he's got a relatively short career. That's the only yeah. reason I say, be, you know, I wouldn't say maybe I put him. 
just below Jay Wright, right? Because of the guys you were talking about, he's not yeah. up there with Coach K yet. He's not up there with with Bob Knight. He's not or in that. Roy, yeah, but he's not Roy Williams, right? But he's listen. He's a young guy yet. He could certainly he's get only there. like fifty, I think. Yeah, he could get there for sure. You know, the thing yeah. is, are these guys going to coach? I said I talked about this when. Yeah. Well, when Jay, Jim Beheim retired, you know, guys aren't coaching forty-seven years at, at, at <laughs> one school, you know, because they make so much money, they don't need to coach forty years unless they're just loved it. Which just, his, you know, his dad coaching, and you know, it's funny. The ones that are less talented players turn out to be better coaches. He seems like he's a better coach than Bobby at, at Arizona oh, State. Without a doubt, he's a better coach than Bobby for sure. And and he's not a. That doesn't mean Bobby's a bad coach either. Uh, but uh, Bobby was definitely a better player than Danny was. Oh, you know? he was off the hook, wasn't he? I mean, it was an injury that cost him in the NBA, right? Yeah, I mean, he his he was a little height challenged for the NBA, yeah. I think. But you know, he was scrappy, man. You talk about great college players, and Bobby Hurley is certainly one of the greats. Of he all had time. handles. I, I remember uh, Shisesky saying, "If if I was a player, I would play like Bobby Hurley. Yeah, if I could play." Yeah. <laughs> well, he was very. Con- he had a lot of conviction talking about Bobby Hurley. Well, those so, were some great Duke teams with Hurley and Christian Leitner. I mean, guys, you know, if you hated, yeah. if, they were guys you either loved or hated, right? Oh, <laughs> if you're a Kentucky fan. Oh yeah. You know. Oh my God, that was one of the greatest college basketball games ever. <laughs> A friend of mine from Kentucky, I brought, I, we talked about that game many of times. Now, is, is Clay, what is her name, Caitlin Clark? Caitlin Clark, yep. Yeah, now 9.9 million. They set the record the other way. Most points scored. I think she's a little overrated as far as a dominant player because she's only 5'11". Mm-hmm. But is she a star because of her draw? Well, yeah, I mean, is, is this going to be maintained? Is she going to maintain this, or is this just a flash and a? You well, know? she's basically for third for three years now. I mean, she's averaged over twenty six points a game for three years, and yeah, I don't know, I've just heard, I've only first time I've heard of her was like two weeks ago, man. Well, you know, Iowa Iowa basketball isn't you know been on the map, <laughs> right? So yeah. I mean, you know this. She's good for the game. I mean, look at this whole that whole championship game. It's a shame that it turned into, you know, some yeah. ugly. The refereeing was terrible in this game, and it really was. And Kim uh, Mulkey. I mean, she's just. I'm sorry. She's a clown. You know, you're. She's and too she good. Didn't a coach. Get her players in check or nothing, did she? No, she. She's. She's too good a coach to let that go on. She's out there freaking body checking referees and bullying them the whole time and. You know, I, it, it was just an ugly game to watch. Now, I do think the whole thing with uh, the LSU player, I can't remember her name now. Angel Reese. Angel Reese. I think that was a little overblown because, you know, Caitlin Clark's been doing that move herself throughout this whole yeah. tournament, and she's been doing it for a while. Yeah. So she just got – and she said, you know, they, they took it to us, and I think too much is being made out of what, you know, yeah. she did. Maybe she Well, did. she did. She did blur the word. Well, her. I can read her lips. That's yeah. a little bit – that's yeah. different, right, and that's where she went over overboard. I thought. I agree. I agree. But everybody was making the, the thing about the gesture that she did, and she did point to her finger. And look, a little trash talking is good, but yeah. you know you can't be. You got to be careful what you're saying out there. That was a little over the top, but you know. And they won. The, they won by 17. I mean, why? Why would you want to care? I mean, she act like she was offended by this chick. I'm like, you. You're the one that won. The victor goes to spoil. Yeah. 
Well, I think there was, I think because this legend of Caitlin Clark was growing as the tournament went on. They're jealous of her or something. And you know what? To be quite honest, she got a little bit cocky and full of herself in interviews. If you watch the interviews, you watch the interviews as this tournament went on, she got a little bit, a little more cocky each time, which is fine. Well, I didn't say I didn't catch that. What was she doing? Well, you know, just, you know. It was just the way she carried herself in interviews. You know, she'd be you can tell she emulates Curry. I still watch all the games. She she's a big Steph Curry fan. Yeah, listen, she backs everything up too. We having confidence. I shouldn't cockiness. There's a big difference between, or maybe a small line between cocky and confident, right? Right. And I think she's confident, and it comes off as cocky though. I watched yeah. her in, a, in an interview on CBS Nightly News, <clears throat> maybe <clears throat> Thursday or Friday last week. Yeah. And, you know, she was asked point blank, are you the best college basketball player in the country? And she says, yes. Very, I mean, without, I mean, but confidently. But wow. most people would hedge a little, say, well, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of good players out there and whatnot. Maybe that's false modesty when they do it, too. But yeah, she backs it up. So, you know, whatever. She's got a little edge to her, It's that which is okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just want people to think, you know, this is a, you know, a, a, a you know, a, Miss Prissy uh, player, who's she's got a little edge to her as well, yeah. which is fine. That's what makes. Well, I, I think I think she took she took crazy shots in that game. Her coach should have pulled her in a little bit. She's yeah, taking she, thirty five footers out there. Yeah, she was the team played again. I think, uh, and I think Carlos said it on uh, my show earlier that you know South Carolina was their championship game, yeah. and they have very little left. I think when they got to uh, LSU, and she was a little out of control trying to yeah. get her team back in that game. And, you know, I think if she had it to do over, they would have stayed within their offense a little bit more and tried to play their way back in the game, which you can do. You watch yeah. San Diego State play several times on the men's side, falling – I mean, <laughs> sooner or later you don't come back, right? But they'd fall 13, 14 points behind and and just stay in their offense and then play their game, and that's what they did. And it nearly worked again Monday night, but they ran out of gas there when they got it cut to a – you know, yeah. Points. Yeah. Did you enjoy the tournament? Oh, I thought it was a great tournament. I mean, even my wife, who doesn't, she's not a sports fan and certainly not a basketball fan. She loved yeah. it. I mean, because there were so many uh, close finishes. Now, of course, I'm watching like every game I'm, you know, I can find because I got so many devices going. So I always had the closest games on. But, <laughs> you know, but there were a lot of close games. From her perspective, every game was close because that's the games I would go watch. But, um, I I thought it was one of the most exciting tournaments I've seen in a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who was it that hit that game winner on Saturday? Was it San Diego State? Yeah, Butler, the Butler, the uh, guard for San Diego State. Oh, okay. They tra- it's the only time they led in the second half was on the, the last second shot. They had, I think, they'd only been ahead once uh, since about six minutes into the game. Um, yeah. And they played a great game. A lot of people. I want a few dollars off that one, but I'm thinking, man, dude, you didn't even. He could have called a timeout. I guess that was part of the play. Just go right up and shoot. Don't even call a timeout. Well, they, Maybe they, they didn't have a timeout. I don't know. I thought he was no, going to call they, one, didn't you? No, they did. Dutcher said they had a timeout and they entered him <laughs> after the game. He said, I ran out of play, so I just let him go because I didn't have any more. Oh, good. So it wasn't. Okay, I think and coaches that is part of the. It wasn't a Chris Chris uh, uh, Weber situation then. No, 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 no. They had. I'm saying timeout, timeout. I got to tell you what this kid too. What a, I mean, the the presence of mind that he had because the play that he wanted, he he, as you saw him drive to the basket. He wanted to go to the basket and they cut him off. They played really good defense, 
and he had a presence of mind or, or, or lucky. He was lucky that the clock didn't expire to right. get in position to take that, that jump shot and just great play. I mean, was that the shot of the tournament? I, I would say it was one of them for sure. That yeah. and maybe the Furman shot against uh, Virginia. At, at oh the yeah. Yeah. And but I had it, Virginia. God. One thing that annoyed me about the, uh, some of the aftermath of the Florida, uh, Atlantic and uh, and uh, San Diego State game was people talking about Flor- well, Florida Atlantic just choked and gave it away. You know, one thing people never consider when t- teams blow leads and don't play well down the stretch is that the other team is forcing them to do that sometimes right. as well. The opposition is making it happen. Yeah, yeah I always hate just- it when people blame yeah. you know. I mean, sometimes there are choke Like jobs. your Jamie Pags of the world. Well, we just didn't play well. No, Mahomes got hot. What happened? <laughs> yeah, a lot of th- most of the time, somebody's affecting what you're doing on the other side. I mean, at least in some regard, right? So, anyway, yeah. I think San Diego State deserved more credit than they got for coming back in that game. And it wasn't Florida Atlantic losing. I think they won the game. Right. You know? Right. Switching gears, man. I mean, every time I bring you on, there's some kind of new, yeah, something else I want to ask you about. But then I think, God, something comes up about the Patriots, man, I'm, with Matt Jones. I'm thinking Can about refusing to come out here. I'm thinking I'm, about not coming on your show anymore because all this stuff that comes I, up. I, I might, we, I might be bad luck to you, man, because <laughs> I mean, they're they're shopping Mac Jones. Uh, you heard of the. the uh, Robert Kraft was like, I just want to get to the playoffs here. You know, I'm not worried about the Don Shula thing as much. It would be nice to for, for Belichick to do it. Uh, first, let's, what, what do you think about the Mac Jones thing? Do you, do you think something's going to come about that? Do you think he's going to be traded? I don't because the loner likes him a lot. I don't think he's going to be. I, don't, I think he'll put his foot down and say, no, you're not doing this, Bill, if it comes to that. I don't think – I'm not even so sure there's that much to this. This could be just Belichick and people close to him leaking this to kind of make it clear that he's not happy with what Mac did. This all stems from, you know, and we, this story broke in January. It's not a new story. Actually, there's a little bit of calling Alabama people for advice. The part we didn't know was who it was. We knew in January that he'd done this and Belichick got word of it, that he'd gone outside the organization to get help. Yeah. Some advice about what to do. You know, and Belichick put him in this bad spot. Now, I don't say – I understand why Belichick got upset, but Belichick's the one who screwed up this offense in the first place by putting Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of it. And uh, – People <laughs> says, in Keith, we trust, you know. Put you on the dollar bill, it. brother. <laughs> I'm the guy who didn't want Bill Belichick to get hired in the first place. So. <laughs> I don't know I am. But I think this this feels like a personal thing with with Parcells or Parcells. Yeah, maybe that's a Freudian slip too. Belichick and, and Belichick. I just think he's mad that that he did what he did. Yeah, I, it's ironic that we just found out with the news breaking today that it was Alabama. We didn't know this when the story broke in January. Yeah. About what about the dog, the cussing at the, 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 I saw it. You've seen the games. I'm okay with it. You know what? The guy yeah. wants to win. He's passionate. I'm, I have yeah. nothing wrong with that. You know, Bill, uh, Tom Brady did it his entire career cussing. Right. At coaches, cussing Brady at had, I don't remember him doing that in the early days though. Um, no, not, not like he did later. There were, you know, yeah. I wouldn't say that, you know, he became the Tom, the, the goat. He didn't wait until he was a goat till he did it. You know, his third or fourth year, he was getting in guys' faces. He was arguing with Bill O'Brien on the sideline when he was the offensive coordinator oh, okay. uh, years ago. And so, 
but no, not in the second year. He probably wasn't doing it. But right. did you ever watch that movie of, oh, God, Point Break, the original? Oh, yeah. Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves. And, and yep. there's a scene. I played this on my show. I, I took it from YouTube uh, where Busey's got the, this blindfold on. He's doing a training drill. He, he, he's uh, doing some kind of FBI thing. He's supposed to get bricks out of, of a pool. And he's still got this thing on. And he's getting up. He's venting and stuff. And he says, on top of all that, I got some some young quarterback punk, some guy named Johnny Unitas or somebody. And, and the guy's like, uh, uh, and then he's standing right in front of him. He takes the thing off, you know, and he looks at Counter Reason. Counter Reason's like, punk, quarterback punk. Oh, okay. Nice to meet you. That makes me think about Bill Belichick. You got an eight time Super Bowl champion winner with two, two as a, a coordinator and uh, six, obviously, as a head coach. You got this second year quarterback, 24 year old kid. Going behind his back, that is a very quarterback punk move. I mean, what a kind of audacity does I, he have to do that, man? I, I agree with you to a point that it it's a, takes a little chutzpah to do that. And, <laughs> yeah. But the one thing I, you got to remember is the frustrations are all built because Bill Belichick, and I, I'm still shocked that this all came down this way, Yeah, did not put him in the best position to succeed last year by the doing the thing was crazy man it was stupid and even, stupid. Devin, even Devin McCourty said today uh you know a, gr- a pretty good authority on what was going on there a great leader great locker room guy with the with the Patriots he said I think it was on the NFL network I think he's working for now yeah said that they should not be trading Mac Jones Jack Jones has or Jack Jones Mac Jones yeah. has all kinds of talent he's got enough talent to take this team to the playoffs and beyond and that last year was not his fault. They put him in such a bad position yeah. that they have to give him a pass here. Now, again, Bill is going to be Bill, and you're right. The kids did not show great judgment in going yeah. outside the organization. I think it's ironic that he went to Alabama. That's how it got back to Belichick so quick because him right. and Steven are – Now, ironically, the Alabama coordinators the, the yeah, who coordinator. Do you, who do you think he was talking to down there? Right, what, right. What, Defensive coordinator. <laughs> so. it, it's really weird. Okay, my other part of this is: Do you see? Do you see like maybe if they don't make the playoffs, one of those mutually agreed to part ways with Belichick? I mean, it's starting to sound. It sound like crazy talk this time last year. Well, yes, this time last year when you know, and I'd be on the Mac and Jack show or whatever, and and it would get brought up. You know, Jack would ask me every other week. You know, we. Will Belichick ever get fired? Will Robert Kraft have enough of him? And I said, no, he'll walk away when he wants to go is when he'll go. But he, he's starting to show some cracks in in the uh, in the cranium there. because right. chink you know, in the armor, and you just don't see that. You can't do things like you did last year. And his excuse is basically, well, good coaches can coach anything. Well, that's just lame. I think yesterday, Keith, that he took a crash – Matt Patricia and Joe Jones took a crash course on offense, and they're going. Let, let, let's go with a second-year NFL quarterback and just throw it together. That was pretty arrogant of of Belichick to think they could just put it together that quick, man. You know, he, look, and I've said this a bunch of times. I probably said Pickles. it to you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Maybe they're just growing. They're well, growing they're apart like Belichick and Brady. Keith. They might be. They might be, and it, that might be what happens. And maybe it'll be a mutual. You know, Bill might decide to spend more time with his family. Oh, here we go. You know, but listen, I've said this a couple of times. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, um, oh, oh. 
Nah, oh, I got time, brother. That's okay. Belichick, Belichick said for or for years, I should say, Belichick's strength was really putting players, coaches, everybody in that organization in the best positions they could to succeed, yes. not asking them to do things that they weren't capable of doing. And that last year was just a total uh, dismissal of all of that by putting yeah. these two guys in charge of the offense. He's liable to have ruined Matt Patricia's career in the NFL for good now. Oh, man. It's, and that'd be sad. Is I, he I, still even working with the organization? He hasn't left, but he doesn't have a job. I mean, he's still part of the organization. I don't oh, know. He's. Okay. I think they've kicked him upstairs as an advisor or whatever, but I guarantee <laughs> his relationship with Belichick is over. And you ever watch the movie Casino? Oh yeah, Robert De Niro. They kept changing his, his yeah. job title so yeah. he can, uh, so they wouldn't go over his application. You know, yeah. now he's going to be food and beverage administrator. <laughs> That's Patricia. He's he's going to be the uh, uh, chief engineer in charge of uh, toiletries or something. <laughs> we don't want to look at his application no more because it sucks. <laughs> it's sad. What's you know, he, Belichick's he got like it. a good coach prior to all this. Matt Patricia was a great defensive coordinator. Yes. Great. Yes. He goes to Detroit, takes a job he shouldn't have probably taken. And now his career. Now Belichick's done a good job of burying him really good because, again, he still doesn't take – he does. He doesn't say he was wrong. Yeah. You know, he still thinks good coaches should be able to coach any position. I don't think that's accurate. You know, it's um, – Colin Coward says he's kind of like Greg Popovich. And- <laughs> You know, he's just kind of believing his own hype. And, he and you know, Popovich, once he lost Tim Duncan, yeah. I think that's a stretch, though. I mean, I'm a Belichick guy, but sometimes Belichick, man, can be Me stubborn. Too. Me too, but he's he's got to get over that stubbornness. He's got to realize that his best chance, his best path to the playoffs next year is Mac Jones. There's, you know, yeah. Billy Zappi played, you know, one and a half good games of football. Yeah. Last year, I thought he, he had. I, I looked at his stats yesterday. He has a seventy percent completion percentage, and he was a you know he's he's year two. But yeah. Belichick then says that Jones is not. He, he nobody's going to be a clear starter yet. Yeah, well, because again, everybody everybody says Mac Jones is still the future of this team, except one guy, and that's Bill Belichick. <laughs> so, and listen, for all, you, you want to see for everybody who thinks Bailey Zappi is like the next coming of Johnny Unitas or whatever. Go back yeah. and watch the second half of the Chicago game that they blew. He was under. bad. He was he bad was in the terrible. Chicago game. He was terrible. So was the whole team, you know, yeah. to his credit. But they could not stop Justin Fields in that game, and that was his coming out party, somewhat in air quotes. Uh, do you think they're going to add somebody before the draft? Seems like they need another receiver, man. I think you'll find them draft a. Re- well, here's the thing. I think they're really high on. I think they're still high on Thornton, who had some injury issues, but he had some moments last year. And I think they they think he can fill one of those spots. I'm not a, happy the, with the Juju Smith-Schuster thing at all. Right. But do I think they need another receiver? Yeah, I think you'll see him draft one. Probably not real early in the draft. I think they might even draft a running back in the draft uh, yeah. higher than you think. But early on, it's gone, be, yeah. early on, it's going to be offensive linemen, you know, defensive, maybe linebackers uh, with some. I had them taking a cornerback. I, from, from a lot of the mocks I've reading, he, they're going to take another corner. Well, they're they're weak. I mean, they brought Jones back. Uh, he'll be the number one corner, but he's thirty one years old. I mean, he's had only he, he got by the he was their number one cornerback and cover guy last year, but really good receivers he had his problems with. He's not that big, um, so they may Look go. Who they're going against next year, and, and they may be going against Rodgers as a quarterback. I mean, it's just man. 
they need that big receiver, man. And they need they like you said, they probably do need a lockdown corner. I'd rather Jones is thirty one. I keep forget. I can't, I thought he was a younger guy than that. No, he's he's been around a while, but you know, the, you know, they and their depth isn't what it was. Now with McCourtney gone, uh, McCourty gone, that McCourty hurts a lot because he hurts in the locker room and on the field because he was a great uh, leader and. You know, you don't just replace yeah. guys like that, you know, overnight. So it's going to – they got a lot of holes. But I wouldn't be – this team could go anywhere. It, I wouldn't be shocked if they won 12 games. I wouldn't be shocked if they won five games next year. I really wouldn't. I mean, I have no idea what to expect. Because you could see the potential – a potential breakout because O'Brien is that much better than Patricia, essentially. Yeah. And there is some talent. I mean, Stevenson's going to be a, a horse in the backfield, and he yeah. might even be a three-down guy. I mean, they use him in, in the uh, – in the passing game a lot more uh, last year than they had the year before, but he wasn't great. Him and Mac Jones weren't always on the same page, but that could have been a lot of things, right? But there was a lot of things that weren't on the yeah. same page in that offense. So, and I think Thornton will be okay. Uh, again, they do need another receiver. I'd love to see D Hopkins come in here. But that's just not, I don't think they're going to pay him. You know, I was talking about Keenan yeah. Allen earlier that, that maybe, maybe I had his belt from yeah. the Chargers because of cap issues next year. Yeah. Well, you know what? If they can get him in, a, you know, for a song, he might be a guy. He was right. hurt. He wasn't he, he was hurt most of last year though, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, my him and Mike Williams are in in 20 I almost forgot what year it is. In 24, they're doing a lot of money, man. Yeah. 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 Well, I, th- I think they're going to draft one too and I'm thinking maybe maybe the, the, it's just you get you got a feeling that Patriots are going to do something big. Yeah, I felt that last year too, and then well, and their first round pick turned out all right, but it was like Jesus, what are we doing? Cole Who was their first round pick? I can't remember. Cole Strange, the the oh team. yeah, yeah, and and they got made fun of for that. Oh we yeah, about, by the Rams staff. He had a really good year. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So again, I I, I hope. It, to me, I hope Thornton is healthy because I do think he could be the guy they're looking for. If he matures his second year, like often it takes a wide receiver that second year to kind of get his feet under him in the NFL. That is true. Well, he was the combine warrior last year. I think he was the yeah. fastest guy. Yeah. And he had his moments last year, but he had, he had a little trouble staying on the field. And Yeah. Um, but I, I, I hold out some hope that he'll – be that guy, and there's a few other guys maybe that they're gonna have Are you to be concerned play. about Mac Jones's arm strength. He kind of reminds me of Alex Smith a little bit, uh, yeah, maybe uh, with bigger hands. Alex had, a- <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the offense that he hasn't had guys to get the ball to down the field either, so I don't really know how good he oh. can get the ball down the field. And by the way, there was another guy with that qu- they questioned his arm strength uh, in New England about 20 years, 25 years ago, and that was Tom Brady. So wow, you know, wow. did they question his arm strength? Really? Absolutely. Out of college, oh, wow. that was one of the, the knocks on him, even his first three years in the NFL. But mm. uh, he, of course, you know, he was working out like nobody else, and yeah, not pounding coffee like the rest of us, and all that. <laughs> yeah. Well. It's uh, as the world turns up in Foxborough, man. It's getting. If, I'll have you on next week if uh, if Mac Jones is traded. Titans were one of the suitors. <laughs> yeah, if Mac Jones gets traded, I may not be available. I don't know, but <laughs> definitely bring me on because I'd like. I'll, I'll probably have a few things to say. <laughs> oh man, 
Hey, thanks again for coming on and uh, hopefully uh, have a happy Easter. Hopefully I'll see you. You work at, are you coming on Sunday? I, I'll be on. So I'll be there to say good morning to you. Yeah, we'll morning. do the, the little wrestling <laughs> tag team yeah. thing. Yeah, we, that's how people know what t- when it's 830. They don't need their clocks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, man. Hey, you have a good night. Thank you, audience. All right. Have a great night. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs>